We will be looking at many verses today as we seek to enter into the spirit of the tribe of Issachar. They understood the times and they knew what to do. If you were in a war, and you are, we would need to understand, we do need to understand the times, the circumstances, the things about that war, the enemy, our captain, the purpose, so many things. We would need to understand all of that and we need to know what to do and need to be willing to do it. Father, we ask for the ministry of the Spirit of God upon us that we would receive your word today and we bless you and praise you for preserving the word of God for us and we just look forward to how the scriptures will guide our steps today along paths of righteousness. And for this we pray and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And again, there is an outline on this little podium and some on the back table back there. And uh, I would encourage you to spend some time in your own Bibles uh, looking up scriptures, reading contexts of them. Um, We will run hurriedly because we want to give a large picture, not just a little part. So, in First Chronicles chapter 12, the context of the verses that was read earlier, mighty men of war were gathering from the various tribes of Israel, and they were going to become a part of King David's army. Because it was the time for the kingdom of Saul to be turned over to King David. And so they gathered. And that context says that they were ready for battle. They were armed and ready for battle. And they knew their purpose. First Chronicles twelve twenty three, And that was with great zeal they were going to make David king. And among those gathering were the armed soldiers of Issachar. They stood out in this very important way. They understood the times. They knew what to do. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Now briefly in a different setting, at a different time, in the book of Esther, there was a wicked man named Haman who is out to destroy and kill all Jews. Queen Esther was a Jew. Through Mordecai, Esther was called upon to go into the presence of the king and intercede for the lives of the Jews. Well, unless the king had called for her, for her to come into her presence or to ask to come into his presence without him initiating under normal circumstances would automatically mean her death. But Mordecai encouraged her 
to go. He reminds her there in Esther chapter 4 that, that she's a Jew. And if this wicked man Haman gets his way, she along with all of the Jews will be dead. And he tells Esther, And who knows but whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So Esther bade them return to Mordecai with this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days or three nights. I also and my maidens will likewise fare, will likewise fast, and I will go to the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. She understood the times. She understood what she had to do. And she was willing to pay the price. In yet one other setting, when Jesus was upon the earth, he had many suggestions given to him. Why don't you just go top of this mountain and throw you off? I'll take care of you. Bow down and worship me. And on it went. But we know that Jesus only said and only did what his father told him to do or to say. In daily life, daily circumstances, a lot of ideas come to our mind maybe are suggested by others. And if we're not careful, we will wind up saying, saying in our mind, saying out loud, and doing what we think is best, or what someone has told us would be best. All of a sudden, this comes to my mind, and I could see the man's face. We were talking about, in a group of men, if... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, if, if my wife committed adultery, I'd, I'd divorce her in a minute. That was his thought. And maybe he would have. I'm so glad that when I fail in sin, that my Lord and Savior doesn't bring up the divorce word. Oh, there may be chastening. But the Lord only does what his father tells him to do, only says what his father tells him to say. He fully understood the times. He understood his time. And he did what he was supposed to do, regardless of the cost. So here it is, 2023, May 2023. Our time. Do we understand the times in which we live? Do we know what to do? Will we seek to save ourselves, are we, or are we willing to risk ourselves for the advancement of the gospel? 2023 is our time. Are we focused? Are we armed and ready 
God's word is filled with clear revelation about the times, about Christ's agenda for his church in the midst of the times. And so let's look at some things that the word of God tells us about our time. What are Christ-rejecting masses doing in our time? Now, for a lot of these, people go to the television, or they go to podcasts, or they go to some publication. And there are many people telling you, this is what's happening. Or this is going to happen. I'm an insider. I know what's going to happen. And so they write, and they sell, and many of them make a lot of money, and most of it never comes true. Even pastors and preachers have written books after books after books. I know the times. I can tell you the time and the place, and I can tell you this and that. And you read, when, you, when you square it with the scriptures, there's no surprise that those books are quickly to be thrown away because they, were, they did not go along with this. So what does the Bible tell us? I don't have to go to a newscast to know. I can just read 2 Timothy, 1, uh, 2 Timothy 3.13 that the masses are waxing, the, the King James word, waxing from worse to worse, or from bad to worse. They're deceived and being deceived. Evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Romans 3, verse 19 through 18. Man does not know the way of peace. This is our time. We need to understand our time. Lest we go down some road that's going to end badly. Man does not know the way of peace. He's swift to shed blood. Seems like every day there's fresh awareness of man's swiftness to shed blood. It's not just in wars anymore. It's getting unsafe to be in big cities at the drop or in, in the country places at the drop of anything. People are swift to shed blood. At the same time, the world in which we live, there are many people who are very slick in their ability to bring about perceptions of peace. This is an old story. Jeremiah had to deal with it. Those who are crying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 23 through 25, In the King James wording, it says, By peace, many will be destroyed. A false peace. Other translations say it's because of deceit. And another translation indicates this, while people are at ease. Now, all of that's true, regardless of which translation is the right one there. Those are true realities. That people are destroyed because they embrace false peace, deceit, or a living in ease. When you turn to Luke chapter 21, 
the masses are characterized by deception, by destruction, by persecution. In this kind of environment, the shocker is not that. That's been going on ever since Cain killed Abel. The shocker is, in the face of all of this, many turn their backs on Jesus. Do we understand the times? Do we know what to do? Do we believe the word of God? In Mark chapter 4, verse uh, 16 and 17, in the parable of the soils, uh, we're told that because of affliction and because of persecution, in Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, Those who received the word on stony ground. When they've heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Oh boy, this is great. And have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. When afterward, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word's sake, they are offended. All that has to happen for many people is, is for you to say, now listen, this is, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do. This is God's word for you. Not God's word for your neighbor. Not God's word for your spouse. This is God's word for you. God has a word for your neighbor, for your spouse. But that's his business with them. This is one area, I mean, not that God ever needs our help. But we seem to have this thought that God must need our help. He surely does not know what so-and-so is doing. And so I'm not going to agree with him to confess my own sins. I'm going to disagree with him and confess somebody else's sin. Surely somebody should be looking at that. Well, the problem is, when persecution arises for the word's sake to be faithful to the word of God will bring affliction will bring will bring persecution now this ebbs and flows this has been going on for 2,000 years and it's happening in our world today and so you could turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and you can see that uh, in the midst of a, a very ungodly world, and this passage in Paul writing to Timothy is not, he's not telling about the world out there, he's talking about the, the degradation that is going on in those, among those who profess to be Christians. And, uh, but at the same time, they, they're not irreligious, they are religious. Do we understand the times? Do we understand what Many are looking for uh, in the churches. Um, sometimes we are shocked. Well, if we were familiar with the Word of God, we certainly are not surprised. In Second Timothy four, verse three and four, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own loss they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. 
People love emotional stories and fables and they don't like truth. They don't like doctrine. And it doesn't just end there. See, when I don't like truth and I close my ear to thus saith the Lord, I am automatically opening myself up to deception. To those who deceive and who are deceived, to uh, spirits of devils working miracles. We're living in a war zone. Hello? There's a reason why our culture loves entertainment and just can't get enough entertainment. I don't like reality. I don't want to face reality. So turn up the music. Turn up all the media. Turn up all the uh, movies and whatever. And by the way, haven't you noticed, isn't it strange that so much of them deal with things that are uh, killing and beating up on one another with strange-looking creatures and, and all the rest? You said, no, wait a minute. You're stirring us up on all this, and you're reading scriptures that we won't even have to deal with. Because the rapture is coming, and we won't be here. I want you to listen very carefully. Regardless of the time of the rapture, everything that we have been reading is what man has been doing and is doing and will do. The only difference at some point, it just magnifies itself more than ever. Do I understand the times? The times that I'm living in, do I know what to do? Am I armed for battle? Not for David's army, but for the Lord's army. Do I face up to the, t- to the reality of the times? Jesus did. What a wonderful, nice time and place that Jesus came to. He he didn't face anything like we face, right? Are you kidding me? Have we read through the Gospels and have we seriously thought of the reality Jesus came to earth and he faced the worst that man could do, the worst that Satan could do. It didn't faze him. You know why? He only listened to what his father said and he only did what his father said to do. Now let's go out and apply that to us. Walking in his steps. In First John two eighteen, it talks about in the. It says it is two thousand years ago. The Holy Spirit wrote through John. It is. It is what. The last time. We're in the last days, about 2,000 years thus far. 
we're closer to the very end of the last days than we've ever been. Not trying to be cute, that's just reality. I don't get overly excited about those. Uh, I've got a friend who's he's got it all worked out. He's not the first friend. I used to have it worked out. I think my memory is, and I've thrown all this away. This is, it was trash to start with, so it was good to throw it away. I had it all worked out. The Lord was coming, I think it was 1983 or somewhere along there. I didn't get down to the exact day, but he's coming in 83. God is not calling us to speculation. God is not calling us to go to the bookstore and go to the prophecy section and and read up on all the writings of the prophecy hobbyist. There's no one who knows more about the past, the present, and the future than Jesus. And he models before us how he dealt with his time on the earth. Now it's our time. We have a little squib of Esther having the right perspective. She understood the times. She understood what was at stake. She had someone who helped her to understand what was at stake. And regardless of what it would cost her, she went down that path. If I perish, I perish. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to save my skin. And those at Ishakar. They understood the times. They knew what to do. What else is going on? He said, I've had enough. We don't have an option about this, folks. This is where we live. This is our time. And Satan is furiously at work. First Peter 5.8. He's roaring about seeking whom he may devour. Revelation 12, he's accusing and slandering true Christians. By the way, that's his name, the slanderer. How many of us need to let the word of God and the spirit of God get a hold of our mouth and our mind? Because we have this pernicious habit of slandering God, of slandering someone. We've got to be on guard. We live in a world that is filled with slander and lies. There's no doubt in my mind that the Bible is very clear about the sovereignty of God, but there's also no doubt in my mind that the Bible says in Luke 8, 12, that Satan goes about snatching the word of God out of hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. I'm not going to bait theology with you. I'm just, that's what the Bible says. And yes, I rejoice that all whom the Father has given the Son, he saves. But neither one of those negate the other. How can they both be true? They are because God said it. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. 
blinding the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine upon them. This is our time. This is where we live. This is the war zone that we're living in. Did any of you pay much attention to the newsletter we sent out this week? The first part is written, as best I can tell, from someone who's not a believer. But as a mother, she's researched and she understands the horrific times in which we live where on every turn there is someone or something out to destroy children. And a lot of it comes through media. A lot of it comes through TikTok or TikTok or whatever, some form of media. Oh, I've got a I've got to guard against that. You parents and grandparents, you'd better read this article. You've got to do more than that. Um, these people are vicious. They care not. What is happening to children is unreal. Do we understand the times? Do we understand the war zone? And you say, it seems like to me every few weeks you're talking about porn. I don't want to hear it. I didn't come to church to hear about porn. Well, that's not the question. Do you understand the times? Hundreds of thousands of people who are sitting in churches and in pulpits today are being slain by porn. Do you understand the times? Do you understand the the war zone? Are we armed for battle? Are we alert? There's an enemy out there. He hates your guts. He wants to destroy you. He sow, Satan sows tares among the wheat. I've shared this before, but we walked through the wheat fields down in Georgia. And, and I wasn't good at recognizing this. And I don't know what this plant was. But it could get up about this high and it, it looked just like wheat. But long before it blossomed out with this head, the seed, my father would say, that's cheat. That's what he called it. And when it blossomed out, it would not have a head full of wheat. It'd have an empty head and no wheat. He called it cheat. But look like wheat. Jesus used the term tares among the wheat. Do you understand where we live? You understand our battle zone? Second Thessalonians two, seven through eighteen. Satan inspiring lying signs and wonders. 2 Corinthians 11, even appearing as angels of light until Jesus comes back. Satan and his demonic forces are locked in spiritual warfare against saints, and that's what was read in Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. In view of all of this activity, 
of wicked men and Satan that's taking place. Do we not need to understand the times by getting seriously in the word of God? Had Apollos been on your street, had you heard him preach, would you have been able to help him? Priscilla and Aquila, they had no position. They were not elders. They were not deacons, business people. They recognized his false doctrine. It was not intent in his case. He just didn't know. And they pulled him aside, fed him a nice meal, and opened the scriptures and helped him to understand the resurrection. He was preaching without resurrection. That's a pretty serious error. We're in a war zone. Well, I'm counting on the pastors and elders and deacons and the Sunday school teachers. They're the, they're, the, they're the soldiers. You're a soldier. Are you a Christian? You're a soldier. And there are people in your world who are sinking in the filth, are going astray because they don't know the truth. And you have the opportunity not to blast them, but to come alongside them. How much time and energy do we waste fighting flesh and blood? See there in Ephesians 6, this is what happens when we don't use spiritual weapons. Instead of getting mad at the enemy, Satan, our own flesh, we fight flesh and blood. We fight the other person. We try to get people on our side. Because we do not understand the times. We don't know what to do. This book is closed. I'll have to rush. And we'll share more later. But until Jesus comes back. Something else we ought to keep in mind. The wrath of God is not just future. Go home and read Romans 1. The wrath of God is right now. Where when people are unwilling for God to be God in their lives and are not thankful, that's in Romans 1, God gives them over all manner of sin and it's a progressive downward spiral this is where we live this is the planet we live on this is what is happening in our world well this is too serious I want to go to a church where we have entertainment and lift you up in your spirit I love emotions By the way, this is not just in Romans, over in the Old Testament, God said, not to the pagans, but to Ephraim, for example, it says, Ephraim is joined to idols, leave them alone. One of the tribes of Israel. The warning in Psalm 81 is very strong. In Psalm 81, beginning with verse 10, 
I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel would have walked in my ways. I should have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves to him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied thee? We live in a war zone. Are we listening to the commander in chief, the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we following his steps? He lived in the same war zone, tempted in all the points as we, yet without sin. How did he do it? He's God, I'm not. Yes, he was God, and I'm not. But he was also the man Christ Jesus. And the man Christ Jesus did not draw upon his divine resources to win the spiritual battles that you and I face. He lived a life of dependence upon his father. He listened to his father and he acted in obedience to what his father said. These are things that are reality in our world. And just as God has done throughout history, he sets up kings and brings them down. I have very little faith in Republicans and even less faith, just to be honest with you, Democrats. I would not be surprised that on any election, regardless of who wins, there's some under the table, there's some cheating, and who knows, maybe this president got in because of that, and this president got in because of that, and if the truth was known, it wouldn't have happened. I don't care about any of that. Because in spite of whatever they may have done or not done, my Bible says, and yours, God sets them up, and God puts them down. Why are you wasting your time arguing and Listening to all the podcasts and listening to all the programs and, oh man, we can just get those rascals out of there. Yes, and another bunch of rascals will come in. But the most important thing is to rest in the reality that man is not in control, a sovereign God is. And what I should be thinking when the evil reign, I should be saying, oh, Lord God, we have sinned. That's what Daniel did. The great day of his wrath is here. The great day of his wrath is coming. But that's not all. God will continue to gather all things in one in Christ, Ephesians 1, and he will continue in spite of all of the apostasy, 
all of the isms and schisms, the Lord Jesus is building his church. He will save all of those whom the Father has given him. We have the blessed commission and calling to go out and to live the gospel and tell the gospel. And when it's all said and done, beyond the bride of Christ, beyond those who are saved by the blood of the Lamb, everything else goes up in smoke. The wicked will be cast into hell. And so the lost sinner here today, flee the wrath of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, are you wringing your hands about this world? It's passing away. Jesus warns of those who are disturbed in their soul because of all the things that are coming on the earth. And he says, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. You ain't home yet. This ain't home. Understand the times. Understand what Jesus is doing now. Understand what he's going to be doing in the future. Understand that the Holy Spirit is interceding day and night. As you're enthroned prayer partner. Yes, in a world where Satan is sowing tares, in a world where Satan has many ministers of light performing miracles, yes, in a world of deception and false prophets, Jesus prevails. All whom the Father has given him will come to him. He will give them eternal life. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. Where is Jesus today? Galatians 2.20. Doing a work in your heart, believer. You are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. For Christ lives within you. The Holy Spirit is very busy in the last days in which we live. Convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Baptizing believers into the body of Christ. Indwelling every Christian by the Holy Spirit. Bringing to our remembrance all the things that Jesus said. He's a spirit of truth. He comforts. He testifies not of himself. He testifies of Jesus. He glorifies Jesus. He reveals things to come. We're in a war zone. How can we understand the world that we're in unless we are taking in the truths of these many scriptures? He fills and empowers believers to carry out his agenda. And so obviously we should welcome the Holy Spirit. We should heed him. We should not grieve him. We should not quench him. We should put on the whole armor of Christ. And oh, by the way, just in passing, the angels are also busy. This is a part of your war zone. This is a part of your world. Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. Do we? 2023 is our time. And we have lots of enemies 
but we have far greater weapons. Among them, angels that comfort, that protect, that minister. Let me just close by saying to every born-again Christian, here's a simple word for you. Keep on the way to heaven. Keep on the way to heaven. Go home and meditate deeply upon Psalm 1 and Psalm 23. If you want to know what practical steps could I take to keep on the way to heaven. Laid out so beautifully in those two chapters. Keep in fellowship with Bible-believing Christians. Romans 13, be alert. Wake up. Put off the old man. Put on the new. Walk honestly. Make no provision for the flesh. Uh, are, are we passive? Are we going to take, am I going to take seriously? Are you going to take seriously? The war zone? The times in which we're living? Do we know what to do? Are we willing to walk in the steps of Esther? If I perish, I perish. And we are certainly called to walk in the steps of Jesus. He says, follow me. If you're outside of Christ, it's the day of salvation. If you're inside of Christ, it's time to armor up. Behold the Lamb of God. Follow him day by day. Our Father, we bless you that this is in reality an exciting time to be a Christian. That no matter what comes on the scene, if we turn on the news today or tomorrow or next year or whenever, there's a sovereign God who's in absolute control. There's a loving Savior who's our pathfinder who's gone before us, who's taken down every obstacle, who's paid our sin debt, who's gone back to heaven and he's coming again, and while gone, he's praying for us, and he has sent the comforter, the enabler, the Holy Spirit, and given us brothers and sisters, and so much more. Oh, Father, I'm afraid that so many of us have just dumbed down to paying the bills and trying to buy a little bit more of this or that and making sure we get our entertainment in. And we are missing the excitement of the only war that anybody in redeemed thinking would want to be in and on the right side. No coach, no general, no anybody has ever had a perfect, complete commander-in-chief. But we do in Christ. 
And we bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.